0: We are starting a new series today, and we're going to be uh, in the book of Hebrews uh, for the next several weeks as we look at this uh, call to live by faith. Um, We know that uh, uh, we talk about it a lot, but we want to look at what does it mean to live by faith? What does it look like? Um, Many times we say that we are doing it, but yet I don't know if sometimes we are just going through the motions and yet never really asking ourselves, am I truly living by faith? Am I um, um, following in the way that I should be? And so we're going to pick it up today in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to wrap it up in Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, But most of our emphasis over the next few weeks will all be looking at Hebrews chapter 11. And if you know anything about your Bible, if you've studied it, Hebrews 11 is known as the faith. Chapter. It is the chapter where we see the heroes of the faith, those that have given us examples of what faith looks like, and so we're going to be looking at each one of those in different ways, and we're going to be uh, highlighting uh, those that have given us the example of what faith is, but but let's start today with this, uh, uh, the verses leading up to that, the reason why the author Gives us this uh, picture of all the heroes of the faith that have gone before us, um, starts in chapter 10. And so we're going to start in verse 36. So, down at the end of the chapter, Hebrews 10, verse 36 tells us, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. I mean, you know, that's our goal. We want to receive what God has promised. I don't want at the end to find out this was all in vain and, and I, I never uh, made it to what God has promised us. So this is what the, Bible, uh, the, the author is telling us. You need to have endurance so that when you have done everything that God has called you to do, you will receive what is promised. For yet a little while and the coming one will come... And will not delay. We don't know when it's going to happen. And it seems like it's waiting. But when it comes, it's going to come quickly. That's what it says. It seems like, well, it seems like he's been delaying. It's not a delay. There's a purpose in God's time. But when he comes, he will come quickly. But he says, but my righteous ones shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back... Or turns away, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are of those who have faith and so preserve their souls. So we see these two verses here at the end of the chapter. It says, My righteous ones will live by faith. If we are going to be the ones that receive the promise, who inherit uh, the, uh, uh, the final gift, then we need to live by faith. And he says that those that turn away or shrink back from that faith, um, it says they will have no pleasure in him. God takes no pleasure in those that say they have faith, but then don't follow through on it. Um, they end up you know, having this outward picture of faith, but, but they never truly fulfill it. And he says, we are not of those people who shrink back. We are not going to turn away from faith. But we are going to have faith and thus preserve our souls. So he's saying, since there's such a need to have faith to receive the promise, to preserve our souls, then... This is why he brings us to chapter 11. Um, uh, Faith is such a key thing that we will not receive the promise without it. Um, We will not please God without it. Uh, We actually will get destroyed without it. Um, We need to understand or see what faith is because many times we deceive ourselves. God does not want us to live life thinking we had faith the whole time and then find out we didn't. God's not that type of God. He's not a bait and switch. He's not telling us one thing and then, oh, sorry, you didn't quite make it. He gives us stark pictures. When he says you need to live by faith, he shows us what it looks like to live by faith. He does not want anyone to be able to say, well, God, you didn't really tell us and, and um, uh, I did what uh, the best I could. No, we come to chapter 11 uh, where God clearly lays it out for us. So let's read through chapter 11. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It is the conviction of things not seen. And some uh, translation says it's the evidence. Um, it's the evidence. It's what you see uh, before the things that are not seen it's the confidence it's the motivation that causes you to do things because of the things that you are looking forward to that you are hoping for it's not the type of hope that i wish oh i just wish this happens it's the hope that we are looking forward to for by it faith the people of old received their commendation "...since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. And yet these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them, and they greeted them from afar." And having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. And if they were thinking of the land from which they had gone out of, they could have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city." By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise, promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. But he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. And by faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. And by faith, Jacob, when he died, was dying, blessed each one of his son, the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. And by faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful. The word beautiful there is not just a a, a, uh, outward appearance beautiful, but that he was was marked, he was anointed, uh, he was set apart by God. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. And by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, Refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated along with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. For he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking for a reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him... Who was invisible. And by faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. And by faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same thing, they were drowned. And by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab. The prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith they conquered kingdoms, they enforced justice, they obtained promises, they stopped the mouth of lions, They quenched the power of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword and were made strong out of weakness. They became mighty in war and put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. But some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mockings and floggings and even chains and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword, they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for all of us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Those are the examples of faith. And I don't know, as you read that, if you get a picture of faith, are we living by faith? When we see what God shows us what faith is, I think we need to stop and say, Am I living by faith? Am I truly? When I read those people, and those were not great, you know, special people. Um, he didn't even talk about the, the names that he named. We know, but they were just common people. Uh, many of them were, were not educated. They were nothing special. They simply chose to live by faith. The only reason we see them as special and we know them because they chose to live by faith. But when we look at our lives, are we living by faith? So I want to look at these examples. Today we're going to look at what is the substance of faith. It says that faith is the substance of things not seen. Uh, the confidence of things that we are hoping for, that we are looking forward to. Faith is what prepares us to get to the end. Um, so what does it look like? What, it, what was Jesus, well God Uh, telling us about faith so we're going to look at um, four things that typify faith that we need to to begin to put into practice in our life Um, when we think of faith the first thing that we need to know is that faith believes it starts simple. Now, all of these are going to grow upon each other, but we need all of them, and it's not that you can just go to a certain point, well, I'm just going to choose this one. It's all of them together, because they all um, uh, build the, together the house of faith. In other words, you, can, you are not going to say, I'm building a house, so I'm just going to put the foundation, oh, I'm happy with that foundation, I'm just going to stick that. You're just going to live on that foundation. You haven't built a house. You don't have a house, you don't have a dwelling, um, you've got to you have to have the foundation. Uh, the same way you can't just, well, I'm just going to put up the frame. No, I don't want the foundation. I'm just going to put up the frame. Well, you might have a house for a short time, but it's soon going to fall. So you have to have all the different pieces. So these uh, pieces of faith, they have to join together. So I want to say that because many times we say, well, I believe, and that's all I need. As long as I believe, that's my faith. Well, that is the first part. So it does say, first of all, we need to believe. In fact, um, we know that uh, in verse uh, uh, 3 that we read, uh, it says that, let's pull it up here. It says, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. He says the first thing, the reason we believe there is a God um, that we can uh, know that he's there is first of all, he's saying just look around you. Look around at um, uh, everything that uh, we see and the very creation shows us that there is God because the first thing we need to do is we need to believe That there is a God. We need to look around and be assured that there is something that is working, that is calling me, um, that I believe in. Uh, In fact, if you skip down, uh, after we look around us, it says in verse 6, Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. Isn't that the very beginning? And that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Um, So the very first thing that we need to uh, do to have faith is ask ourselves, do we believe? Do we believe that God exists? Do we believe that God is watching me? Do I believe that he cares about me? So it's not just does he exist, but do I believe that, that he has a plan for me? Uh, Do I believe that um, uh, the things that I read are not just for other people but that it is for me? We need to begin to believe what God says. Um, And and that is the first step that we need to push aside um, uh, that self-centered hardness of our heart because that's the very first thing that the enemy wants to to destroy. Because remember when he came to Eve in the garden, what's the first thing? did God really say? He brings doubt. Don't believe what God said because God doesn't really care about you. We need to believe that God cares. God says that he loves us. God says that he's not trying to control us or manipulate us, but that he uh, speaks to us for only one reason, uh, to transform us into the blessings that he has for us. We need to believe that. Do you believe uh, that God is there? If anyone's going to please God, we need to believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. He is a good God. That's the very first thing that we need to believe. He's not a God um, of manipulation, of deception, but that he is a good God. And again, we look around us. We see the evidences that God has given us. Um, in, in nature uh, and in creation, uh, as well as the Word of God and uh, all of the evidences for that. So the first thing is we need to believe. The second thing we see in the text is that not only does faith believe, but then it trusts. And here's a big difference. Many times we believe, but that doesn't mean you trust it. To trust what he says means not only, yeah, I believe you said that, Yeah, I believe you're there, but I don't really trust it. To trust means that I'm going to choose to take hold of that. I'm going to put my trust in it. I'm going to put my heart into it. Um, See, that is a different level uh, of belief. In fact, we see Sarah. Uh, Remember we read about Sarah. It says in verse 4 that Sarah not only believed in God and believed what God said. Yeah, I know what you said, God. But it says that she trusted and believed that he was faithful and able to do what he had promised. So that when she was 90 years old, she was able to conceive and bear a child. Not because she believed, but because she trusted in him. That means she began to put all of her her own feelings in his hands. Now, it doesn't mean that, see, here's one thing. Faith is not emotions. Because trust means even though I feel a different way, I'm going to trust you. Trust means I am going to um, take hold of this no matter what I believe or I mean what I feel because it says that she laughed at God, right? When she first heard what God said, it said she laughed. Because this is crazy. God, you you are out of your mind. And yet, even though I feel that way, I feel you're crazy, God. I don't see how you're going to do it, but I'm going to trust you. I'm just going to trust you. See, if we're going to live by faith, are we? not only are we believing. First of all, we need to believe in our head, but trust is taking that belief from our head and moving it to our heart, and I'm going to be able to trust. Don't feel like just because my emotions don't feel good about it means I don't have faith. The enemy will try and tell you, oh, you have to You have to feel good about it. No, you don't always have to feel good. You have to simply choose to trust. Sometimes when you are disheartened, you're discouraged, you're depressed, those feelings don't go away, but you can choose to trust God. I'm gonna tell you, faith means that when I feel at my lowest, I still choose to trust God because I believe that he's a good God. I believe he cares. Therefore, I'm gonna trust in what he says. Even though... My emotions are all over the place. I choose to put my emotions aside, and I will trust God. My emotions, although they are there, and I acknowledge them, and we need to acknowledge one. We need to stop telling people, just don't feel that way. No, we need to have compassion. We need to embrace those feelings, but do not let those feelings control us. That is where the trust comes in. Man, we need to weep with people that are weeping, and hold them and pray with them and not condemn them for feeling what they feel, but lead them into trust. Look at our example. Uh, We saw Sarah, um, but we also saw Abraham, where God told them, Abraham, you're going to have a child, and then they did have a child, and this child is going to be the answer to everything that I'm going to do through you. Oh, and by the way, now go kill that child. What? This is when you promised. You know what? Again, his emotions were, you're crazy, but I'm going to trust you. Why did he trust? He said, because he trusted him because, you know what, I trust God so much, even though you don't make sense, well, then maybe even if I offer up Isaac as separate, God could raise him from the dead, and I'll have him back anyway. He trusted God. He, he knew, I don't know what you're doing, God, but maybe this is your plan. I'm going to trust you. If we're going to live by faith, we need to begin to trust God, even when it doesn't make sense, even when my emotions are wrong. Jacob and Joseph, it talks about, it says that they trusted God that even though they were in Egypt, that they looked forward to 400 years and they trusted that God was going to bring them back to their land so much so that Joseph gave them uh, plans of what to do. He said, don't leave my bones here. When I die, I know I'm going to die here in Egypt, but you take me back. Why would he make plans if he didn't trust that God was going to do what he said he was going to do? We may not even live to see what God's going to do, but I'm going to trust him anyway. You see, are you, here's the big thing of trust. Even if you don't receive the answer to it, are you going to trust him anyway? God, I may not get a job. God, I may not be able to do, what I'm, but I'm going to trust you anyway. Maybe you'll be my kids. Maybe you'll be someone else. Finally, we saw Rahab. It said, Rahab the prostitute even trusted God, and she wasn't even an Israelite. Because she had seen and she believed and therefore she put her life in the trust of God. So much so that as she hid the spies and and supported them that out of all of Jericho we know that she was saved because she trusted in God and because she trusted in God instead of and she had no reason to trust God. She lived in a city that was the strongest city around. There was no way that this, this group of, of uh, wanderers were going to tear down the city. So why would she put her trust in a, in a bunch of losers instead of where the strength was? Because she trusted that what God said was true. And not only did she save her life, but she became the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus himself. When you trust God, we know that Jesus himself, on the cross, again, here's here's a picture of emotions, not letting him, what did he cry out? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? His emotions, when he took all of our sin upon him, he felt the emotions that we feel. And he said, God, you're not even with me anymore. And he was bitter, and and he felt the the anguish and despair and depression of being all alone, And yet, in the midst of that emotion, what was his next words? Into your hands, God, I commit myself. Even though I feel betrayed by you, God, even though I feel forsaken, I still trust you. We have got to begin to realize that our emotions do not define our faith. Faith says, I choose to trust you, no matter how I feel. And of course, that brings us to the next step of faith is we believe, we trust, but then faith acts. You cannot live by faith without acting. That belief and that trust in God has got to begin to bring a response. I trust you, God, so I will respond to you. And again, we've read the responses. We saw Noah. It says that he, by faith, he didn't just believe God and trust God. Okay, God, I'm going to trust you. Save me, save me. I'm going to put my trust in you. God, I'm trusting you. What would God have God said? said? Okay, then you need to do something, right? You got to do what I said. You're not trusting if you're not acting. Many times we say we're trusting, but if we do not respond with action, he got to building. He began to build, and he built for 120 years and nothing happened. But he kept acting. Guys, you may live in faith and you keep choosing to respond to God and nothing happens. And nothing happens. And in the meantime, people are mocking you and things are going wrong. But he kept acting. He kept building until God proved himself faithful. Abraham acted. We know that not only did he just trust God, but he took his son, put him on the altar, and was ready to offer him, when the angel said, stop. But he acted. Uh, we see uh, so many more. We saw Moses. He left Egypt. He, he came back to Egypt. I think leaving Egypt was not so much a, a hard action, but coming back to Egypt when he was a wanted man, he had given up everything. This is where the trust turned into action. Faith is not faith without action. Does your life have actions that people can see that you have faith in God, that you believe in God and that you trust God and therefore you act? You see, all of these must come together. Everything you do, your decisions that you make, how you're going to live your life, are they coming out of a belief in God, a trust in God, and therefore I act? You see, many times we say, I believe in God and I trust in God— Oh, and now you're doing something totally different. Then why are you doing that? I believe in you, God. I trust in you, God, but I don't have time for church. I believe in you, God. I trust in you, God, but I find my identity in these pleasures, and I seek these treasures. You see, our actions do not line up with our faith. And so we see that in all of these people, it was hard, and yet they acted. The Israelites You know what, over and over, they kept saying to Moses, what are you doing? You bring us out here, you you got us out of Egypt, but now we're, we're at the Red Sea, there's nowhere to go, and the army's coming to kill us. And Moses said, start marching towards the sea. What? Can you imagine that? And yet they did it. They begin to put it into action and they marched and God opened up the sea. They marched through on dry land. Um, we see that the Israelites uh, surrounded Jericho. You know, there's no way you're gonna break through this city. And you're gonna and, and and God says, march around the city and then play the trumpets. Yeah, that's a plan. Right? And yet they acted. So whether you don't understand the plan, whether it doesn't make sense, we need to begin to say, am I living by faith and trusting in God and stepping out and doing maybe something that other people don't or even I make a choice to miss out on something because I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe in God. There has to be action um, if we are going to have faith. Faith without works, it says, is dead. In James, we look at the book of James, he says, you tell me you have faith, and a lot of people say they have faith, but I look at your actions and you don't show me anything, so therefore, you know what, you may have faith, but it's dead faith. It's the type of faith that God said that does not please me. That's the type of faith that, that shrinks back because you, you want it to all be inside your heart, you want to just believe in God, and you just want to have a, a cozy little uh, a belief and confidence, but you're not willing to change your life and your, your, your actions, the things that are destroying you, because it's just too hard. Faith says, I choose to act. Well, we see the next thing is faith treasures. And I think sometimes we get to that this point, and we never take this step. I think we get to that third point, and we understand that's part of faith. We've, been, we've, we've seen faith in that way all the time. Believe, trust, and act. Live by faith. We need to act and, and obey God. Obeying is, is acting in faith. But you see, God does not want us just to get to that point. And I think sometimes that's the point that we can understand that we stop. And yet, you are not really to true faith yet. Maybe this is the part that we've never really seen as faith. Faith treasures. See, God does not want people that just, yeah, they believe and trust and I'm going to do, but then you know what? You're just unhappy. Okay, God, I hope you're happy because I'm believing in you. I'm trusting you. And look, I'm doing what you want. Are you happy with that? That's not faith. That's like reluctant servitude. God says, I don't want servants. I want sons and daughters. I want sons and daughters that love me. Faith gets to that point that as we believe in God and as we trust in God, and then as I begin to live alongside God, I begin to get to know God. I begin to see the beauty of God, even in the hardness and even through the, the struggles, and there begins to be a treasure. True faith will always treasure God. It will never really wish that God wasn't there. It, it, it will not have uh, those, those feelings of regret. But faith treasures God. And I want to ask us this, because many times there's a lot of us that, that we follow the Christian lifestyle. And I think we're like the Pharisees. And Jesus said, unless your righteousness goes beyond the Pharisees, the Pharisees believed and trust and did what was right. But that was all it was, because in their heart, they never treasured God. Jesus I want you to treasure me. As you begin to treasure me, you see, this makes all the difference. Now we see faith begin to blossom. Faith becomes something that begins to please God, begins to prepare us for the, the promises of God, uh, because we begin to treasure it. In verse 13 to 16, it talked about um, the people that left and obeyed, but it says why they did it. It says, it says, all of these died in the faith, not having received the things promised. But they saw them and they greeted them from afar, having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. In other words, they saw that God had a promise for me and I haven't even received it, but I can see it. And because they saw the promises of God, it says that it burned within them that, that they wanted it. They desired it, and even if it meant being an exile on earth, even if it meant that the earth was not my home, I'm not going to make my home on earth because there's something better. It says, for people who speak this way, make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land which they had gone out of, they could have had opportunity to return to it. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, and he has prepared a city for them. In other words, they treasured the promises of God. They saw what God had promised, and they treasured it in their heart. I want you, God. God, right now, I don't have it, and in this earth, you know what? It it may just be hard because I don't go the way of the earth. I don't go the way of culture. Way everyone else is, sometimes that makes it harder. But it's okay because there's something better that I long for. It says, see, there was something else that they were looking for. I follow God not because I need to do it so I don't go to hell. I follow God because I've seen a promise that I'm holding in my heart that means so much to me. I see how important it is. It's like the story that Jesus said it was a farmer that went out to the uh, piece of land that he was looking at and he found a treasure in the land. He quickly hid it, went back and sold everything he had. He gave up everything because of that treasure and then he went and bought that land. This is what we're doing with our life. I am giving away my life to live for God So that I may be able to purchase the greatest treasure there is. When we begin to see God as a treasure, that's faith. When the treasure, how beautiful God is, how much I love God becomes the motivation of everything I do. In other words, now, because I treasure God, I have a different belief in him. And because I treasure God, my trust in him is to a different level. And because I treasure God, it changes how I act. Because there's something more important. You see, you, you see it in, in people who are fans of different things. You know, there's people that value all kinds of things. Some value music. Some people value sports. Some people value um, uh, cars, uh, whatever it is, education. There's every little thing that we value and their, their whole life revolves around it. You can tell by the things they believe in, what they're trusting in and how they're acting. God says, will you treasure me? Am I the treasure of your life? When you begin to treasure God, that's when faith truly shows up. So what do you treasure? We say we have faith, and yet we do not treasure God. He's just a byproduct. He's something that is, is, is something I, I kind of want in my life because I don't want to have the consequences. Well, that's not treasuring God. And God says, no, do not use me as an escape. I will not be used for that. That is not faith. I don't care how much you believe, trust, and act. I don't care how much you go to church, read your Bible, and pray. If you do not treasure me, if I am not the reason why you you are living, you are not going to receive that promise. It says because they treasured him, it says that he was pleased to be called their God. It says about Moses, and we can read that in verse 24, it says, Moses did not see the, the treasure of Egypt. Though he was raised in the courts of the Pharaohs. he chose the slavery of his own people. He chose God over the riches of this world. Because God had done something in him that he saw the treasure of who God was. Do we treasure God? Final thing. And here's the one we really don't want. But without the treasuring, this will never happen. You cannot have faith without sacrifice. As you read through this whole chapter... We see sacrifice after sacrifice. And yet, I want to, even though we note it as sacrifice, I want to say if you treasure God, it's not a sacrifice. You notice that those people were willing to sacrifice because they treasured. So everything hinges on that treasuring part of faith. So many times we put all the emphasis on believing and trusting. And yet, I believe that treasuring God is the very core part of faith because when you treasure God there is no sacrifice that you could make that is not easily done when you realize the value of who God is and what he has promised you all the promises of God are worth anything that I could give up what what does this world have to offer me that that can give me more than what God has promised me God has promised me to make him make me a son a daughter of God, to enter into the new creation when He remakes this world, to to give me absolute uh, cleansing of all my sins and all my brokenness, to remake me into a, a person of His glory. If that's the case, then what sacrifice is it that is so bad? And yet for some of us, Any little thing is such a sacrifice. Oh, my goodness. I'm so tired this week, or I've got this, and I've done this. I can't, and God, oh. When you say, oh, God, you've given me more strength that I shouldn't have even had in the first place. God, you've done this for me. And, And we begin to look at the promises that God has for us. And God, you promised to strengthen me and equip me in everything that I will do. And so all the sacrifices and, and all of the examples of sacrifices, I mean, we look at it from, from Abel to Abraham to Moses. They all made sacrifices. And then it says, you know, there's so many that we couldn't even mention all the sacrifices. And it talked about there were some that sacrificed their body, that they were, they were stoned and tortured for the name of Jesus. There are people in this world right now sacrificing their very families, they can't go home again because they name the name of Jesus and they're not going to turn back. And yet we cannot sacrifice some of our priorities in life. Are we living by faith? There's no faith there. It's just an empty philosophy. We need to come to true faith that realizes that Jesus is my treasure and there is nothing that I will not give up and I am not going to do anything that would taint that. Why would I take a treasure, you know, having a beautiful painting, you know, uh, 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 a Monet. We love Impressionism and and so Monet and Renoir, and you have this beautiful treasure, And you get this painting that was up to you and you're gonna use it as a placemat on your eat dinner off of. Oh my gosh, what would you say if you saw someone doing that? What are you doing? And yet, guys, this is what we're doing to Jesus by living our life, by just not being willing to even put Jesus in that place of honor where my life honors him rather than demeans him. Are we willing to sacrifice is it even a sacrifice if we treasure God? So this is what faith is. If we are going to live by faith, these are the examples that we see. They believed in God. They believed who he was. And then they trusted in him. They put their trust in him no matter what their emotions were. Yes, my emotions uh, overwhelm me at times, but I will choose to trust in him. And because of that, I will act I will live out my faith. I will make choices that reflect my faith. But more than that, I will begin to develop a treasuring of God. I will begin to let God grow within me a value of who he is. And as I do that, there's gonna be times that it may seem like a sacrifice. Although to me, see, I, I don't think the people that went through that, they even saw it as a sacrifice. They didn't realize they were sacrificing because they were just following God, and God is worth it. We need to begin to treasure God so much that even if we have to sacrifice things, even if we don't get to, you know what, get to play another day on that team, or we don't get to listen to another bit of music, or we don't, you know what, God, I'm gonna trust you. I trust that you're good, And I'm not going to put you second just so that I can do that. When we begin to live that type of life, that's faith. When we begin to live by faith, the substance of faith brings us to that place where we are pleasing to God. So are we living by faith? We're going to go deeper next week, but let's just begin to take time and ask God. God, God grow a new faith within me. Maybe I need to start a new journey. Maybe we've, some of us, we've never truly went down this journey of faith. Today, we need to make a new decision that I am going to live by faith because without faith, no one can please God. Here's the thing. If, if we are not Living by faith, if these things are not part of who we are, then you are not pleasing to God. But I believe in Jesus. Do you believe in Jesus? I said a prayer and I asked him to forgive my sins. And that's not treasure to you? Then why are you living the way, then why is he not most important? See, all these things that we say, they are negated by what faith is because we put these false little veils over them. Let's make it real today. Let's truly begin to follow him. Let's bow our heads.